Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Joining me for this week's show is Plymouth Lives Argyle reporter Chris Errington and Argyle supporter Jack Ball. Hi, guys. Hello. You okay? I'm not too Stu, bad. Jack, it's great to uh, be speaking to you again. Likewise. How are you, Chris? You've been off for a long time. Yeah, I had a few weeks off. Um, the garden has benefited from it. I don't know if my journalistic skills have, but um, I'm back in the chair now and um, hopefully we're going to have um, some news from the EFL and Argyle about what's going to happen in the next few weeks and months uh, very soon. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just dragging on at the moment, isn't it? Just, uh, yeah, well, we seem to be in a bit of a limbo at the moment and have been for, for quite a few weeks and it's frustrating for fans, journalists, and I'm sure it's frustrating for all the people at football clubs such as uh, Argyle about how things go forward, which we can talk about in the next few minutes. Well, I think the champagne's been on ice for so long at Argyle now, it's, uh, it's probably gone frozen, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, that's, that's the thing for, for me, and we'll talk more about it in a bit, but for me, like, I've been asked by friends and even by colleagues, you know, how do you feel about the potential of Argyle getting promoted, and it all just feels a bit muted. It's, it's such a shame, really, that Absolutely. it was all building up to this big crescendo, wasn't it? And now, even if, if the announcement does come that Argyle go up, it's going to be a bit, well, that's good, but, you know, are we going to be back in stadiums at any time soon? And So it's, it all feels a bit flat to me. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I think back to the podcast we did before coronavirus, you know, ruined our lives, effectively. And, you know, we were saying about how good the League Two season was becoming, you know, that it was gearing up nine games left and there were probably four teams that were still in with a chance of, of the title, five or six teams in with a shout of automatic promotion. It was just gearing up to be a fantastic conclusion to the campaign. And the fact that Argyle had Exeter to play and probably what was going to be one of the biggest Devon Derbies for, for a long, long time. That, sky as that well. would sell out crowd, you know, great atmosphere, everything you really want from a football match. And, you know what it's like in League Two. You don't get a lot of games like that, and that it's a shame. <laughs> it's a shame that the coronavirus didn't just be a, a few weeks later. So I'd have liked to have seen that game. Yeah, absolutely. And just for the players as well, what a great game that would have been for both sets of players. When you come into professional, you want to play in big games. Now, these guys are currently playing in League Two, but you know that wouldn't have been a, a League Two occasion, your typical League Two occasion, wouldn't it? You know, home park under lights, on the TV, full house. Two teams going for promotion, two arch rivals. Argyle trying to make amends for a 4 0 defeat earlier in the season. Exeter trying to complete the double over their rivals. I mean, it had absolutely everything, didn't it? And um, you do feel as though that's such a shame we're not going to get that. Absolutely. And the fact it's going to so, so be on TV as well, you know, I don't, I don't yeah. know if, if you guys like it. Well, I suppose Chris, you support Crystal Palace, so they're on TV quite a lot. But, you know, I don't know if you're the same as Stu, but. When your team's on TV and they're not on TV very often, you're, you're quite proud of them being on TV. You want them to give a good show. You want people that don't normally watch Argyle to be like, oh, wow, they're quite a good team. And with that game, it was scheduled to be such a good game. 
that, you know, it's just so disappointing that the, the wider world didn't get a chance to see it as well, I think. Exactly. I mean, there's been a lot of talk as well recently about the Devon Derby and, you know, derbies in general, and which is the most passionate things like that. It was, I just thought it was a great opportunity for Devon football to yeah. showcase what it's all about. You know, we are very much at living in an outpost where we are and um, we do get forgotten about quite a lot. But it would, you know, it would have been great for people to show just how passionate we are about Devon football and those two clubs in particular. Yeah, but that being said, though, the the odd time that Argyle have been on TV, normally it's been a disappointing result, and my friends have always mentioned me going, well, I'm glad I stayed and watched that. <laughs> but it, it didn't change their mind about League Two football, so, you know, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Well, Exeter's record on TV isn't great either, so I think it would have been the first game ever where both teams probably would have lost. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a shame we, we didn't get to see it. It's a shame that the season hasn't wrapped up. Um, you know, Argyle might have fancied their chances of going on and winning the title. Um, you know they were in good form uh, going into the before the breaks uh, happened, and uh, I'm sure if you if if we spoke to Ryan Lowe, he'd have said we'd have been looking for for the title, not just automatic promotion. Now whether they would have gone on and got that, you know who knows? You know Swindon and Crewe in particular have been two strong teams this season, but uh, Argyle had certainly put themselves in a position with nine games to go where the title was, you know, a real possibility. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I think it's it gets to that stage though where. Um automatic promotion just would have been the the goal at the start of the season wouldn't it oh absolutely yeah yeah absolutely so do you think i remember, I remember us saying at the start of the season actually you know that somehow didn't go splashing the cash to get ryan low down here and what not just to stay in league two you know it's quite clear the ambitions on all sides even though maybe not everyone likes to vocalize that at the start of the season do they because you know you just end up with egg on your face i think it was clear from from the ambition um, and from what what the manager and what the chairman did that that was the only aim really so, you know, how do you guys feel about the situation? Then you you sort of touched on it a bit there. Are Argyle going up? I can't see a, a situation where they won't. To be honest, I, I suppose it depends. What I mean, we're recording this uh, what Thursday lunchtime, aren't we? So yeah. um, things can change. Um, I suppose it depends what happens with the League One clubs, and it, it looks like the Championship want to want to carry on playing, and uh, are probably going to have the resources and the capabilities to play on uh it looks like league two want to stop uh, because they don't have the finances to do the covid19 testing etc um it looks like in league one there are a lot of clubs that want to stop um but there are clubs perhaps some of the the bigger hitters the clubs that would are desperate to get back in the championship that would like to carry on and it all seems to me Stu, that we're almost waiting on what the League One teams are going to be doing as much as anything else. Yeah, I, th I think we can pretty much narrow it down to only a, you know, a couple of clubs as well. It does seem as though Peterborough and Sunderland are very much the clubs that want to continue the season. Obviously, they have the sort of financial clout to pay the reported 150,000 fee for the coronavirus testing. But you can't expect clubs like Bolton and, and South End, who have been through such financial hardship this, this last year, to pay the same money themselves in order to complete the season i just i just think for the benefit of football it, that league one has to go the same way as league two and surely if it comes down to a vote if there are more teams that don't want to do it i don't see how the big teams can can win to be honest well the interesting thing is going to be what the clubs in the relegation zones will vote for because um you know i mentioned south end there i think they're pretty much rooted to the bottom of league one aren't they and if, if the season was to be decided on a points per game average basis then um you know south end are, are, are gone down into league two 
But yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry, Chris, go on. No, there's just so many unanswered questions, and so that's why I hesitate to say are oh, are going to get promoted. I think they probably will do, um, but there are still a lot of questions to to be answered. There's clubs that are, you know have concerns over the way the season may end uh, for whatever reason. So I think they will get promoted. Um, it will not feel the same as a usual promotion. People will take it, but. Until I actually see it in black and white, the EFL confirming that this is exactly what's going to happen, then I wouldn't get totally carried away just yet about it. No, I think the fact that they came out with the, the framework last week for clubs to work within in terms of resolving their season was the biggest yeah. indication yet that Argyle will get promoted, wasn't it? So Yeah, and it looks like League 2 playoffs are going to take place and things like that So uh, without Argyle being involved. So... It looks that way. It looks that way. But, uh, you know, hopefully, I mean, I've not been uh, uh, working for a few weeks, but, you know, you keep thinking, well, next week there'll be some news. Next week there'll be some news. And here we are now, and I'm sat saying the same thing. Hopefully yeah. next week we'll we'll find out a bit more about the way forward. Well, we heard that there was an EFL meeting yesterday, didn't we, which would have been Wednesday. But, um, yeah. you know, as yet, there's still no word from the EFL at all about how that meeting went. So, uh no. And the problem is as well now we're we're looking at it now we're only a month away from when next season's pre-season should start really you know yeah. it's time quickly moves on doesn't it you know like like Chris said we've been saying next week next week next week for weeks and weeks and weeks this is you sort of running out of time and I know the next season's probably not going to start on time but you know I mean it feels like you're only just going to start making a solution for this season before you have to start thinking about what you're going to do about next season it's, absolutely. It's a nightmare. Well, the fact that player contracts expire at the end of June puts some sort of time frame on it, doesn't it? I know that there's a, another month on top of that where clubs have to fund ah. um, player contracts for another month. But, um, yeah, the end of June very much seems to be the deadline and, and getting everything completed by June the 30th. So, Haven't Colchester, excuse me, released their retain list? So that's going to be a bit weird. They're suddenly involved in the playoffs now and some players have been told they're going to be leaving. And Yeah. Yeah, that, that is awkward. Yeah. But they, you know, I guess they're still playing for medals, aren't they, and whatnot on their CVs. So I just thought that was a strange thing to do because I mean, you know, there was no decision on what the season, how the season was going to pan out. Those players still have to be paid until the end of June anyway. So why come out now and do your retain list and tell those players they're not going to be wanted next season when, you know, as you say, they could still pe take part in the playoffs for Colchester. It, it just seemed, just seemed very odd to me. Yes, yeah, so no, I, I agree, and there's quite a few clubs, isn't there? Yeah. I think there's seven or eight that have announced retain lists already. I think a lot, uh, of, them a though, lot of them, a lot of them, though, Chris. I mean, their their season's concluded; they've got nothing to play for. Yeah, the fact that Colchester are still in the playoffs just seemed very odd. Yeah, yeah. But how how do you guys feel about the season ending that way? Is it this way? Is it the only possible outcome? Or I I, I think so. I think you know. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot. There's a lot of there's a lot riding on football. You know, financially, those it's people's jobs, not just footballers. You know, the people work behind the scenes. So it's, you know, it is it is of great importance to to, to people. But you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, where you know people are losing their lives, I just think you know, you, some sometimes you're going to have to take a hit. It's going to have to end somewhere. You can't please everyone. You know, I'm not always the first person to defend the powers that be in football, but I don't envy anyone that has to make any sort of decisions because mm. this. Is, and I'm fed up of hearing it, but they are unprecedented times. You know, there are there's not a rule book to, to, to tell you what to do when there's a global pandemic. You know, it's it's a really weird scenario. So I think that points per game 
um, way out it is fair. And I don't think I'm just saying that because I'm an Argyle fan and Argyle are third. You know, it's I think it is the, the right thing to do. And if, if they can get the playoffs, then great, because it would be a shame on any of the teams in the playoffs to miss out because they've finished seventh or sixth rather than fourth or, third, or, fourth or fifth. So it's, uh, it's, but, it's interesting you say that, Jack. You know, that this is an unprecedented circumstance. Obviously, it is. We've never had this kind of pandemic before. But the EFL or the Football League have had their seasons curtailed before. So I do look at it and I think maybe they should have come up with rules and regulations then to put in place in case a season was curtailed prematurely. Again, I don't know what you guys think. But. It's just a weird one, though, isn't it? I mean, I mean, the, the difference between now and in the past is there's so much money in the game now. Yeah, you know, no, very true. The, the fact is that clubs revolve. Re- depend on money and so so many clubs have spent money you know i i don't necessarily agree with Derek mccantony at, at peterborough but you know if you're him and you're thinking you know i've spent a lot of money this season to try and get us up i get that there's a bigger issue but in terms of his finances and him just saying is i need to protect my club you can get why he's frustrated you you understand everyone's position i think and that's why it's so tough yeah i, I think the points per game is probably the least unfair of a lot of unfair scenarios um that's, that would be my take on it. It's it's not ideal, but uh, you know what is. Um, so I, I I think it's the the right way. But um, I respect people if they have a different opinion because you know there's uh, there's so many different ways you can look at this. Yeah. And it also, you know, as our, as people of an Argyle persuasion, we've got to bear in mind. I think that even though Sun Hurts come out and said, you know, Argyle are invincible, Argyle are quite lucky to have him at the helm. You know, there'll be some clubs. I think. It, <laughs> Ultimately, it comes down to that they're not going to care what happens as long as they're still a club this time next year. And I think mm, yeah. for a lot of clubs, that will be the reality. We don't want to see more berries. We want to see as many clubs survive as possible. And, you know, if, if that meant voiding anything, I think most clubs, as long as there are clubs still going next season, that's got to be the main aim, I think. Yeah, well, that brings me on to the next question. I was going to ask you guys, um, looking ahead to next season, how do you see the, the kind of EFL picture? Do you see there being less clubs because of the fact they're going to go bust or, or what? I find it strange. I don't, I don't know the numbers, but I find it weird in a world where there's so much money in football that some higher powers can't give some money to some clubs in the lower levels. I, I don't know how it'd work, but I find it bonkers that there's so much money at the top and so little money at the bottom for, the, for these sorts of scenarios. But I saw one chairman, I can't remember who, was saying that he reckons that 50 to 60% of clubs could go bust over this. Yeah, you know? that was the, the Huddersfield Town chairman. And if that happens, you know... That will that'll affect Argyle. That'll affect every club that does survive because nobody wants to be playing in a in a, a washed down system. You know, it's it's tough. Yeah, I spoke to Andrew Parkinson last week, and he made the point that you know, we, Argyle need other clubs. You know, if if there aren't any other clubs, then you can't play. You've got no opposition to play. You can't transfer players and you know do business with them. You know, the EFL needs all of its clubs to survive. I, I just wonder, you know, if the the Premier League do finish their season, which looks possible, likely at the moment. Uh, if they can finish their season, fulfil their TV obligations, and let's face it, the the money TV deals bring us to the Premier League is, is massive, isn't it? If Premier League can finish their season, I wonder if there's any way that they can help out the EFL and um, you know maybe provide a large sum of money to be shared out between the clubs. Now, how you do that and which clubs... I don't know, but that might there might be some scope that, as a one-off, the Premier League do take the vast majority of the money that's in football, um, bail out the, the lower league clubs. Exactly how the details would 
go about doing that. You know, you'd have to have a real good think about and stress it to one off and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But that might be a that might be an option if the Premier League can fulfil their fixtures for 2019-20. But um, I don't know. That would seem like the most the most likely source of the financial support that Jack's sort of talking about. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that. I really would. But I just think the problem we have is the, the greed of the Premier League. It's as simple oh, as that. They want all that money to themselves, which is why they formed the breakaway in the first place back in 92-93. And, right. you know, everybody else was left to sort of fight for the scraps, so to speak. But just, uh, you know, I don't know the figures, but just say the Premier League clubs agreed to give each League Two club £2 million or a £1 million or something like that. That might make the difference between them staying and or going out of business, sort of thing. And uh, in the grand scheme of things, if the Premier League, you know, it's, the Premier League are a business; they've got to look after their own interests first. Of course, they have. But for the bigger picture, the greater good of the game, could they afford that to do that and support the League Two clubs in that way with the TV? deals that they they have in place and they might be able to do that whether they'll do it or not i don't know i'm just throwing it out as a, an idea of how smaller clubs could get some financial aid that could make the difference between them playing football next season or not i think how people act in this in the next few months will have great repercussions on how people treat them i, I think you know the way spurs and liverpool i think were two of the clubs that I don't think behave particularly well. I don't think they'll be forgotten very quickly. And I think if the Premier League now does turn and say they're not going to help out and clubs start going bust, I, I think that I, I think that will really harm their brand. I, I really do. I just don't. You know, it's it's. Yeah. I think it'll be a disaster, and I, I do think there would there'll be repercussions of that. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I think it was Burnley who have been talking about the financial problems that they're having due to coronavirus. So they're reliant on that money, and they probably can't afford to give two million pounds. You know, they're. They're sort of budgeting for their own interests with the money that they get from those TV deals, and they, they, you know, a club like Burnley might not be able to afford to just give two million quid to a League Two club. So, I think what needs to happen, though, I think, I think maybe one way forward is there needs to be wage caps need to be imposed at this moment in time. But the problem with that is, unless every league has it, you'll just get all the biggest stars going off to other countries, unless everyone is following singing from the same hymn sheet. You know, if you can't have clubs saying they got, you know, don't have much money and then are spending one hundred fifty thousand pounds a week on players wages you know do you know what i mean it's i think something like that in all leagues might have to come in come into the into the fore mm-hmm. or at least be thought about absolutely so next season you see argyle in league one but how how do you see it in terms of um attendances and stadiums and things like that behind closed doors looks like it or sounds like it doesn't it i think uh i i haven't got any inside information i haven't spoken to too many people since i come come back to work but if I was betting, man, the season's not going to start in August, is it? Next season, I would think you're looking at September at the earliest mm. uh, before the season starts. Just reading stuff and seeing stuff, I can't see full football grounds in September. You assume that it'll be behind closed doors, um, and how they progress from there, I'd only be guessing and and speculating. But as as has been mentioned quite a few times, lower league clubs cannot survive playing games in front of no fans. No, absolutely. So that's going to be the issue, isn't it? Yeah, you could start a season in September, say, um, but if there's no fans allowed to the ground, then how are they going to, how are they going to keep going? Yeah. Um, so that would yeah. be my 
my thoughts on it. If anything, though, I think this one thing this has done is this pre- reminded certain people of how important fans are to football clubs. I think that can be forgotten sometimes. And even in the big leagues, you know, even in Germany, you know, they're saying it's not the same without playing in front of the fans and it's different. You know, I think sometimes fans can be forgotten. So hopefully, if anything comes good out of this, it'll push fans' importance into the forefront. But I'm with Chris. I can't see... I, I can't, I'd be shocked if even before January that stadiums were full of 20, you know, 10, 20,000 people again. You know, mm. it's... Maybe they might be able to do it gradually or something like that and, and limit the attendance to a certain number. Um, I suppose the one, thing, the one thing that clubs are going to be relying on heavily is that when they can have fans in, mm. they're going to be desperately, desperately hoping that the fans turn out in numbers. And you know, I look forward to the day. I cannot wait for the day when Home Park is able to have fans inside. And I, I just can I'm sure loads of people will want to go along. When football is open to fans again, I, I could, you'd foresee a lot of people wanting to go along, wouldn't you? You'd hope Provided so. it's, it's proved to be safe. And, you know, that's the other thing. You know, there's always talk about potential second waves and all sorts, isn't there? You know, this isn't, this isn't over. This isn't going to be over for a long time, I don't think. And no. that danger is always going to be there. So, you know, they can come up with all the framework they want, the powers that be. But, you know, if, if a second wave hits in just, say, November, December, then, you know, then you really are, you know, to survive it once is one thing, but to survive it twice as a, as a, as a sport, God knows what happens. Um, my big concern is what will happen when we get to sort of November, December time, and if we still don't have fans inside grounds then, because that, I think, is going to be the time where we really see clubs suffer, and we could even lose yeah. a few, you know. We already know yeah. that Bolton, Macclesfield, Southend are, are, are having financial issues as we speak. How are they going to survive, you know? Get until then. That's where they're going to need some financial support from somewhere, realistically. Yeah. Now, whether that's possible, Stu, I don't know, but I, I think they are going to need some help from somewhere. Yeah. But the, yeah club, the, clubs, the clubs as well now, you know, they've got to be innovative in terms of how they make money and how they, yeah. you know, generate funds that they're going to miss out on on match days. Again, Andrew Parkinson last week said 60% of our goals uh, revenue is made on match days, which is yeah. an awful lot, you know. I mean, Apart from fans being charged to watch games on iPlayer and buying replica shirts and things like that, how else do you make money on a on a match day? Well, and that's and that's the thing as well. You know, for for Argo at the moment, they've just got the grandstands up and running, and I, I don't see that opening at any time. That's going to be one of the last things to open. You know, any sort of gatherings of people of more than ten, twenty, you imagine, would be the last things to sort of reopen. So any clubs that rely on that as well have also lost. You know, as well as the sixty percent that you were talking about there, there's a percentage of the money they make from that as well. So it's almost like whichever way you turn, there's there's no, there's no sort of way out. So I do wonder maybe next season whether clubs are going to have to rely on youth players a lot more. And, and that, But that's going to mean people out of jobs, isn't it? That's going to mean footballers out of jobs because people can't afford their wages. You know, you're going to have the Premier League might be fine, the Championship might be fine, but all those players that are sort of lower Championship, top League One, League Two players might be out of jobs for, for a while. And I'd be worried if I was them because, you know, a lot of them, Football is their life. They might not have anything back to fall back on. You know, it's it's a worrying time, and they don't earn as much. You know, it's very easy for for people to just assume that all footballers earn a, a great wage, and yeah, they probably do earn a decent wage compared to a lot of people, but not enough to live on for the rest of your life. So it's going to be a worrying time for them as well as normal staff that work in shops, offices, that type of thing as well. Yeah, the career of a footballer is is very short as well. So while it's all you know well and good getting paid good money while you're playing as soon as you stop playing that money stops and as you say jack it doesn't 
doesn't seem set for the rest of your life, does it? So uh... and that's, that's all I can see going forward is that clubs rely on more new players on small wages and not not picking up expensive players on big wages. And it all might almost be like, in some ways, a reserve league. You might feel like that for a few years. You know, that's at the moment that's the only way I can see football surviving. Yeah, it's well, not spending big big sums on wages. No, but those players are just going to have to accept that they're not going to be getting the money that they did before. You know, and they are going to be. If they want a job and to continue a career in football, then they're going to have to accept lesser wages, I guess. Which is easy to say, but you know, in their circumstances, if they've got mortgages because yeah, they've exactly. got quite nice houses, that's not going to stop. You know, no matter, no matter. Yeah. You know, they might not have multi-million pound mansions like the Premier League players, but they still might have houses where they have got to pay mortgage. They might have invested into multiple properties that they wouldn't need to upkeep because they have been on good wages for five years. You know, it's mm. it's a tough time for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So. Away from the, the the sort of nightmare of coronavirus, then um, it looks as though the season is going to finish. Um, the retained list is going to come out soon. Alex Fletcher, we already know, is leaving Argyle. He announced it on his Instagram account last week. Who else do you think will be leaving Home Park this summer? Loaded uh, question. Don't answer it all at once, will you? <laughs> I suppose one issue is: Are you assuming that Argyle are going to be in League One or in League Two? Because that could make a difference on some of the players that you might want to uh, choose or not uh, choose to keep. Um, and I think because of the circumstances that we're in, I would have thought that if I was a manager, I'd be tempted to try and stick as close to the squad I had last season for next season mm. um, because of some continuity, some, some stability. Uh, the fact that you might not, not have a really long pre-season to bed players in, you know, a normal pre-season's five or six weeks. Um, are, are they going to try and have a five and six, five or six week pre-season for next season? Um, so, I would be, I'd be looking to, I mean, I'll go with third in League Two, so I think most of the players would deserve a chance to prove that they can play at League One level. I think one of the issues is obviously Argyle have had five good loan signings in their squad in um, Alex Palmer, Tariq Backinson, George Cooper, Ryan Hardy and Josh Grant. And what's going to happen to them? Is there any scope for, for, for them to, uh, any of those to, to return? That will be an interesting uh, one to watch out for um, because they all made important contributions to the success the team had. So, um, Alex Fletcher, maybe one or two of the other younger players may may move on. I wouldn't have thought there'd be wholesale changes if if Ryan Lowe could, you know, have it that way. It's just it's just really hard at the moment because how as a manager can you say oh, I'm going to release you 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 and you? Exactly. You get to yeah. the end of June, there's no money coming in. You, you don't yeah. have any players. You know, it's you haven't got any budget to to sign anyone. You, you know, there's no. They might have decided there's going to be no more fans coming in. They might have announced there's no fans coming in until January, so you, you can start working out your budgets and know how little money you're going to have. It's In a normal circumstance, it's a bit easier to work out who's going to be released and kept, but in this scenario, who who, who knows? It's just, you know, it's it might give some people a chance that they might not have had before. You just don't know. Mm. Well, 15 players out of contract this summer at Home Park, according to Ryan Lowe. Yeah. So, um, although he did say in the podcast that he did with um, Aya Childs once, he, he said that most of them will get offered contracts. One or two he feels need to move on. They've been at the club for too long. So, uh, you know, I, I think it'll be a, a, a normal kind of summer. Well, maybe not so much a normal summer, but you'll probably see two or three leave and two or three come in, I'd imagine. I think, 
But from a business perspective, it'd be stupid to offer anyone any big deals at the moment. Mm. What, how I don't know how anyone can do that because you, you how, how can you say to someone, oh, I'll pay you three grand, a, you know, a week, and and then in, in five months' time, there's still no one coming in. There's still sixty percent down on their income. I just don't. I just don't think that's great business sense almost. No, well, what they might have to do is, is say, well, we'll give you this, and then if we do start getting clients through the gate in November, then we can change it to this and, you know, yeah. just work it out that way. I mean, it's, as yeah. I say, Jack, it's, it's, a, it's a nightmare for people to sort out, but to protect the future of the football club, I guess they'll have to think cautiously about how they go about offering contracts. Because at the same time, there's going to be some clubs like Salford, for example, that are probably going to throw a bit of money at it next season and, and give promotion a real go. Well, it depends if there's a salary cap comes in, Stu. True, um, yeah. There's been yeah. talk of a salary cap for next season, um, possibly based on you know the revenue that you generate and, and things like that. So uh, a salary cap's going to come sooner or later. That's got to be inevitable, hasn't it? You can uh, you could sort of do a reset of the football finances. Um, in the circumstances that we're in now, yes, that's going to mean less money for the players, uh, almost certainly. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm not sure how else you get around it. Jack's right. You, you, that's why I'm saying I don't think there'd be many changes at Argyle because you try and retain as many of the players. And yes, there's a lot out of contract, but try and keep the ones that you know that have invested in the club, that had success this season, last season, whichever way you want to call it. Um, and you, how can any Jack's right? How can any club go and offer, you know, sizable sums of money in contracts to players when they they don't know where they stand? I mean, yeah, also Ryan Drew was very open in the past about his players seem to be on bonuses. He's talked about goal bonuses, assist bonuses, clean sheet bonuses. I think all that type of thing would have to would have to be curtailed. You know, yeah. and in terms of loan players, you know, you would have liked to have thought that there's a potential of getting some back, but you know. If, if Peterborough suddenly don't have the money they thought they had, George Cooper's not a bad player. Why wouldn't they need him? Do you know what I, do you know what I mean? If, they're not, if these clubs aren't able to go out and sign players because the money's not coming in, you know, it might stop Argos' chances of getting some of these players. You know, Josh Grant was one they were looking at getting permanently, weren't they, in January? Yeah. yeah. I'm sure Chelsea will be fine, but, you know, if Josh Grant's released, there, there might be a lot more clubs looking for players like that because they can't sign anyone, you know, on their A-list. You just don't know, do you? Yeah, that's right. we're, and we're talking about we're talking about this, and we're unsure, and I'm sure the people at the football clubs are unsure, because until they get some clarity, and of course it's not easy to provide clarity at the moment, because I don't think anyone's really got the answers to a lot of the questions we're we're all facing in football and in society. You know, it's it's just so difficult to to plan anything. Mm. I, I presume that clubs have got to. Well, I would hope that clubs would have. You know, plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, however, you know, however things might turn out. And they might have used this last few weeks to try and sit and have a rough idea of what they might do in, in different scenarios, depending on how it all plays out. Yeah. And whether you have con contracts that say they'll be reviewed once a month, depending on the yeah. situation, you know, things yeah. like that. So they might be on, I don't know, 50% of what they were on last year, but... Just yeah. say, but you know, every month they'll review it, and if money starts coming in and they can up it, they'll be the, the, the con. Whoever has to go through all the contracts, that must be a, a legal minefield next year. Exactly, because as you said earlier, Jack, we just don't know how long this is going to go on for. You know, it, we could still be in the same situation this time next year. I mean, obviously, we hope not, and uh, I think the only real way to to end it would be if we can find a vaccine. But um, you know, there's certainly no word on that just yet, even though there are promising signs. 
What about the season as a whole then, chaps? Um, has it been a good season for Argyle? Yeah, yes, which is why it's so sad that it's ended like that. Why couldn't last season end like this? That would have been a bit better. <laughs> Argyle might have stayed in League One, I don't know. It's just, it's just typical, isn't it? You know, it was, as we spoke about earlier in the podcast, it's all building up to this great finish. We were all looking forward to it. I think we all had that sort of fire in our bellies that you live for as fans, but then, you know, when it's all built up to this, this point and you're finally getting there, um, it's been a fantastic season, I think. And, you know, in, in terms of an Argyle perspective, when Derek Adams left and relegation happened, it was such a negative... Well, not, no, maybe not after relegation, because I think things did pick up, but it was such a negative attitude towards the end of last season. And the fact that in such a short, relatively short space of time, they've been able to transform things on and off the pitch, I think it's... It's really this coronavirus has come at the worst possible time for our goals. It seemed like everything was just starting to get into place on and off the pitch. People that were being hired, you know, the facilities were finally up and running. You know, it's I, I think it was such a good season. It was all building up so well that it's such a shame it had to end this way. Mm. It's funny because when, when you look back at the season, the undoubted low point has to be the 4 0 defeat at St James's Park in October. Um, you know, Argyle were embarrassed that day. It was a really low point. But Clearly, it, in the long term, it, it probably helped them. Yeah. Maybe it was the wake-up call they needed. Uh, maybe it um, led to messages being made more clearly to the players, whatever it was. But if you look at their record from that game onwards, they went to Bolton Wanderers in the FA Cup the following weekend and had a, you know, a, a good 1-0 win away from home. And from that point onwards, their their form was, was excellent, really. Um and worthy of promotion, I would say. So um, it's strange how such a bad day seemed to provide a springboard for the, the good run that they were on. And, you know, January and February time, they were on a really good run. Um, it wasn't as if they'd started the season well and then got to March and people were saying, oh, I'm not sure they're going to last the pace. You know, they'd beaten Grimsby and Macclesfield 3-0 at home, hadn't they each? They were on a roll. It, it felt like everything was was going in the right direction. So it's a shame that we didn't get to see them play the season out and see what they could have achieved. But um, you know, if it, if you know, there is there is a bigger picture to this. Of course, there is. But if Argyle are promoted, you know that is a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Certainly, if you're Jack and you're the, the the Argyle fans, and you know that's what what you want. Um, you know. You're not going to underplay all the other stuff that's going on in the real world, but you know it would it would be nice to see Argyle in League One next season, whenever next season is. And from purely from a footballing perspective, you know, forget, putting to one side all the the big health yeah. issues and everything else going on in the world, you know, it's it's a shame that Argyle fans can't thank the players that have done so well this season. You know, the likes of George Cooper, who's been fantastic, Ryan Hardy since he's come on loan. You know, Alex Palmer. You know, fans have good relationships with the goalkeepers if they do well because of, you know they stand in front of the Devonport end. You know, we might never see these players play at home park again. You know, it's it's a shame that we can't really thank them as fans do from the stands. You know, after a long half season, they don't get their lap around the pitch. You know, I know they're quite small things in the grand scheme of things, but it's it's it's, it's such a shame because I feel like you know, Anthony Sasovic, who who was part of the team that got relegated last year, I, I I've been blown away by not only how well he's played this season, but his his the way he's dealt with the coronavirus, the things he's done, raising money for charity, helping out his neighbours, like. He is just everything that footballers should be, and I think he get lost in higher in the higher divisions. He he's really grabbed the season by the scruff of the neck, and it's felt like he's he's almost pulled them over the line type thing, you know, when it's been needed. So it's a shame that these types of players 
won't get thanked for the, for this season's work. Although, as I say, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's quite minute. Yeah, no, I think you're right, Jack. When you when you spoke about the the sort of you know going around the lap of honour and stuff like that, especially on a promotion year, promotions don't come round very often, you know, and they're, they're they're to be enjoyed, you know, and it's a, it is a real shame that the Green Army aren't going to get the opportunity to. I'm sure they will further down the line, but it won't be the same as, you know, like the Newport game a few years ago will probably be one of the most memorable moments that you guys have got as Argyle, or certainly you, Jack, as an Argyle fan. And you know, I've said this before, you. As an Argyle fan, because most of the time, let's be honest, it's not the best. You know, <laughs> you, I remember spending years and years and years watching the TV, envious at fans running onto pitches, celebrating things, and it's even things like that. Do you, do you know, you know, the, the, the Portsmouth semi-final when Peter Hartley's last-minute header, mm. securing promotion, when fans rush onto the pitch at the end of the season, everyone celebrating together. That is, that is, that is what you want to inject into your veins. You know, that is what you're a football fan for. It's. It's a great feeling, and I remember being on the verge of tears almost. You know, it's you don't get those moments very often. Well, not happy tears anyway. You know, you don't get those moments very often, and it, it, it's such a shame because it brings, especially at this level, it brings everyone together. You know, the fans being on the pitch with the players, and you know, Simon Hallett, everything he's done, he deserved to have that moment, I think, as well. And don't get me wrong, there's no guarantees. We might things might have gone wrong, and they might not got promoted. But if things had carried on as it were, you know, he deserved that moment. There are so many people, I think. I deserve that moment. That even if there is some sort of thing further down the line, it won't be the same, and and that, and that's a massive shame because he might not get the chance again. Anything to add, Chris? No, I think Jack summed, summed that up nicely. Yeah, um, absolutely. Any promotion has has to be um, is a great is a great thing because it's we set out for in July. You set out to get promotion. That's your that's your aim, but. Um, it, it, it certainly won't feel the same, but you have to accept that the, the circumstances that we're all living in and the circumstances and how it's all how it's all unfolded. And I'd rather see Argyle promoted than not, even if it's in difficult circumstances. And that's the thing; it just feels a bit flat at the moment. I was saying this earlier on in a, in a work call we had. You know, it's the fact that we don't know if we're going to be in the stadiums next year. You know, even if we are in League One, as a fan, I'm not saying that's not good news, but you. The celebrations, like for me, isn't coming out. I don't even feel like celebrating really. It's, it's, it's such a weird scenario to be in, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, should we leave it at that, chaps? Jack, you're off to buy the new kit. Online. Well, uh, yeah, I'm going to try the super. I think the superstore. I think they're updating it as we speak. So, um, I'm just. Oh, it looks like it's loading. So yes, I might be about to go and buy my kit. Although, <laughs> God knows what size I'm going to buy, but I'll have a look. <laughs> have you gone up a size? Breaking you news. In lockdown, Jack. Sorry, say again. Have you been in? Have you gone up a size due to being in lockdown? No, no. Which is this is this is a scary thing. I've not actually. I think I've lost weight in lockdown, which shows how unhealthy I was beforehand. You know, I've, I've been stuck in cells. Still lost weight because I can't go to the shop and buy so much. So, I think I've lost weight. But I, I like I said, it won't be it won't be a pretty sight for anyone if I turn up in a crop top next year because I've bought a size that's too small for me. So, there we go. Right, I'll leave you a We'll leave you to uh, to get your shirt sorted out. Chris, thanks as ever for joining me. Likewise, it's good to catch up with you both again. And Likewise, um, yeah. yeah, hopefully we can um, catch up again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll try and do another podcast next week, shall we? So um, hopefully the listeners out there can yeah. uh, join us and, and listen to that one as well. We'll try and give everyone a bit of advance warning if it's if it's coming up sort of thing. But yeah, yeah, at the risk of repeating ourselves and, and then nothing happening, you would think that next week we might have quite a bit to talk about. Hopefully. Let's hope so anyway. Yeah, let's hope so. 
Yeah, worth, worth, worth reminding people as well about our Facebook page if they want to ask any questions because we've not been on it for so long they can they can always just don't have to wait for us to prompt them just post on that page and we can always try and answer any questions that they send in yeah absolutely we do have the Argyle Chat Facebook page don't we and um, of course you can always tweet the Herald PAFC account or even Chris and Jack themselves yeah if anyone's got any questions they'd like to uh, to ask us through the through the podcast let us know like I say when we've sort of got dates of when we're going to do the next podcast I'll, I'll try and make sure that people are uh, aware of when it's happening and when it's happening and if you want to take part you know feel free we always appreciate the questions and sorry we haven't been around for a while but I think you can you know appreciate the situation but all being well we'll, we'll be uh, if not back every week we'll be back most weeks hopefully yeah absolutely well on that note we shall uh, leave it and go back to doing some work thanks okay so take care everyone take care guys we are always happy to hear from you and if you have any questions for our panel please tweet them to our twitter account at herald pafc or visit our facebook page plymouth argyle the herald thanks for listening